Hey. All right, folks. Tonight, yeah. um, this is a different one. I got an actual guest on here. Um, our friend, Mrs. Rage, who is located up in New York at the moment. Um, so everybody say hello, Rage. How you doing? I'm really good. How about you? I'm good. Now, you don't have to be too formal with me. You know, you know we are. You know, I'm still the same. Still the same old guy. So we can we can, we can be chill. We can be chill. Um, I'm laying in my pile of laundry right now. <laughs> I figure we could do long distance laundry therapy podcast. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, laundry therapy might be. Um, on another on another day but um <laughs> yeah um for all those who don't know um rage um let them know exactly um what it is that you do i beat people up and make fun of them and i get paid for it <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> easiest easiest way to define dominatrix for people who don't know <laughs> okay all right, so love, tell me this though. Um, how long have you been doing this? Um, I started, let's see, I started doing it for fun at 18, and I went into business when I'm tw- when I was 21, and I'm 44 now, so well over 20 years. Okay, so what was it that got you headed in that direction where you wanted to beat up people? Okay, so uh, I was going for a job interview with this very wealthy couple, and they sent a driver to pick me up, and when he knocked on the door, I didn't realize that he had seen, it was a really generic whip that was hanging on my wall, like a really bad one, and uh, so after I did the job interview, he asked me if I was going to take the job, and I said, hell no, so he says, well, um, I saw that whip on your wall. And I said, yeah, you know, I was using it to try to wrap around Coke cans and do Indiana Jones stuff, but I didn't know at the time that, yeah, you can't really do that with those kind of whips. And so he, uh, he said, well, I I like that whip. And I'm thinking, okay, you fucking weirdo, whatever. And he goes, well, can I, (laughs) he goes, well, can I be your slave? And I was like, look, bro, this guy looked like Uncle Fester with some hair, you know? I'm like, look. If this is your lame attempt at getting pussy or whatever, like, dude, it's not gonna work. And he goes, no, 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 no. It's like a real slave. And I said, you mean like do whatever I want kind of thing? Cause I'm not gonna fuck you. And he was like, yeah, whatever you want. So I really, I had kind of heard about this kind of thing but it was always in a really weird way. So I just thought this guy was a whack job and I wanted to get rid of him. So I said, okay, well, I'll tell you what. I want you to get rid of all your body hair. Like, I mean, every single bit of it. And if you do that, you can be my slave. And I thought, well, nobody in their right mind is gonna do that shit. The next day, this guy calls me and he's like, mistress, I took off all my body hair, but I'm sorry, I couldn't get my eyelashes off because it hurt too bad to pluck them out and I didn't want to shave them and cut my eyeballs. And I thought, what the fuck? What the fuck? No way, I really didn't believe it. So I was like, all right, come over. And sure shit, this guy was balder than a baby. I mean, it was just like, okay, I still thought the guy was really weird. But then I thought, well, maybe he'll be useful. So 
I would have him run errands for me and stuff like that. And then one day he brought over all these, um, they looked like they were made of regular newspaper, but they were magazines. And they were all S&M, bondage, female dominance, fetishes I had never um, heard of. And uh, so I started reading through them and I went, Jesus Christ, this is like kind of interesting stuff. And it appealed to me visually because I liked a lot of hard rock music. And at the time, that was the time when, you know, there was a lot of leather and big hair, heavy makeup. So visually it appealed to me. And one day I just decided, okay, you know what? I want to put this to the test. I was having a party and everybody was coming through the backyard. So I had him tie himself to a tree. And I told him bark when people come in the yard. And then I forgot about him because it was a while before anybody showed up. Well, then my friend is looking out the window going, no fucking way, no fucking way. Come here, look at this. And my manimal back there was tied to the tree. I guess I should have told him not to bite people because he was trying to attack the guests like a real guard dog as they walked down the path to my door. And they had no idea there was going to be some dude tied to the tree. And so they're standing there like, um, do we walk past? Is this a joke? What do we do? And in that moment, I knew my life had changed. And then about (laughs) about three years later, I hated my job. Um, I was managing a strip club in New Orleans. I absolutely hated it. I had to pick up one too many girls off the floor after a coke binge. And so I was like, you know what? I can do what those chicks in the magazine did. I put out an ad and I was off and running. Hmm. I made so much money because I didn't think I'd make any money. How many people pay for this kind of shit? I didn't think you could make an entire living off of it. I made so much money that I didn't do a different job in shit 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that is insane. That Mm -hmm. is insane. Now, I think a lot of people like kind of get it confused as to there's sex involved and nudity and all that type of stuff when you're a dominatrix now there's a big difference between a true dominatrix and a pretend dominatrix right correct that's you said it right when you said true dominatrix so it is legal to be a real dominatrix and when you are a proper dominatrix You are not trading sex for money. That's prostitution, not domination. And that's why it's legal. It's legal to tie someone up and spank them, but you can't fuck them, give them a hand job, things like that. There are people that we call hookers with whips. And look, I'm not berating hookers. I think prostitution should be legal. But the problem with confusing the two is that now you're crossing legal boundaries or some guy comes to me all pissed off that he didn't get his ending hand job, and I'm like, I'll give you a hand job when I punch you in your fucking nuts, stupid. Um, so it convolutes what the profession is supposed to be. But a real dominatrix, she doesn't need to get naked. Because if you think about it, any hot chick can stand in front of a guy naked and say, crawl to this, and a smart guy will do it. But a dominatrix who can stand there fully clothed offering no sex 
maybe even verbally humiliating you and say, crawl across the floor because I said so. That is domination. See what I'm saying? So, no, you're not supposed to have sex. You're not supposed to be nude. Um, that makes it legal. And that's where you show your true intellect and your true power to control. But a lot of women are not naturally dominant. And so they don't know how to do that. Or maybe they just haven't been trained to um, discover and recognize that part of themselves. And so what they do is they opt for the prostitution route because it's a very fast money um, you don't, with a real dominatrix, we have to invest in clothing. I mean, my corsets are like 450 bucks a piece. Um, my cage is like 750 bucks. So you have to invest in learning psychology, knowing men's minds, knowing how to control yourself and others, having good outfits, having good dungeon. Whereas if you're just a hooker with a whip, you can say, get over here and lick my pussy. And you don't really have to have much. There's not a lot of investment in learning or equipment. There's a place for both. But I wish the girls that did fetish sex would just call themselves escorts who also engaged in fetishism. I wish they wouldn't call themselves dominatrixes. Hmm. So now, is this just strictly for men or you dominate women as well no i don't dominate women in a professional sense because there's a difference in the bodies um men's bodies are harder and tougher and i'm a very strong person i play very hard so most women can't even handle what i do but also women are lucky in that if a woman wants to be dominated she really doesn't have to pay for it Obviously, she can if she wants to. And there's a lot of dominatrixes that will see men or women or couples. I don't. I was uh, strictly men only because I just liked their body types better. I liked how much they could take better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, like, now, <laughs> what is the weirdest like requests you receive <laughs> I, I, I gotta know this one. I don't think I've asked you that before that's the weird I don't know if I, yeah I don't know if I've ever told you this story so okay I was in New Orleans and there's this guy that came in and he was widely known among dominatrixes as the guy that just really went way far with it so I think I was spanking him or something and he says to me, um, can I blow air up your butthole so you can fart on me? And I had to be like, wait, what? Did I, did I really just hear what you said? He goes, yeah. Can I blow air up your butthole so you can fart on me? Like, no, nah, bro, that's not how we do this. <laughs> it kind of, yeah. It took me aback for a minute because that was, I, I was used to a lot of really weird stuff. But that was the one that stands out. And it's like, nah, because one, uh, you're not going to touch my butthole, much less see it or put your face there. And two, just, I don't want to make my dungeon smell like farting. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so I, I guess man, that was like a, a wash on that. Like, nah, bro, I'm not, I'll pass on this one. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I didn't see him for sessions after that either because it was just like, first of all, again, you think that you and I can be intimate enough that you could touch my butthole with your mouth, and I'm just thinking of all the herpes. Um, so no, and B, also no, just no. I don't have a thing for farting on people or having air blown up my ass. I don't even think that would feel good. That, that seems like it make my stomach hurt. Just no, all the no's. <laughs> And you know what was sad is he was so hot. He was like, because most of the customers are much, much older gentlemen. So when I was in my 20s, it was like, whatever. None of them were hot. But this guy was younger. He was hot. I was like, okay, this is going to be fun. And then he said that. It was like, oh, no, nope, lost that one. Nope. That's insane. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's where you kind of draw the line. It's like, um, no blowing in your ass, no that kind of weird shit. Yeah, I don't want I don't want stomach cramps from you know slave breath <laughs> or something. <laughs> Just the fact that someone even thought of that was like, huh? Don't like maybe ask me to eat Taco Bell before you uh, No, let me just blow air in your butthole. <laughs> uh, huh. Yeah, he was, but. It, at the same time, I mean, it surprised me because I hadn't heard anything like that, and it was very bold. At the same time, it didn't, because dominatrixes tend to talk to each other, so we have nicknames for guys. And uh, I had heard about this guy from two other dominatrixes, and they were like, he's a great guy, he always shows up, he don't give you any problems, but he's just into some really gross stuff. Yeah, that was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, he was so unusual. I still remember his full name. I still remember his name to this day. Wow. Like, is he on like a social site or something? I mean, I don't even, I don't, don't even, even look, look because I can only imagine. No, I can only imagine what the pictures would be. Mm. Scat, scatastic, <laughs> huh? Oh, probably. That wouldn't surprise Ew. me. That's disgusting. <laughs> Man, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely a better oh that. yeah yeah because i think um what did the site it was um two girls on a cup two girls one cup oh my god i saw that video and i almost puked that was just because what i did is i watched the reaction videos first and it's got that you know that gentle piano music and then I'm, I'm hearing that music and I'm seeing people gag and I thought, ah, oh, they're probably just pussies. Let me look up the video. And uh, I think I was maybe five or six minutes in. I mean, it wasn't that far. I was like, oh, God. Oh, God, I'm going to vomit. Oh, God, mm. no. And I had to turn that off. <laughs> oh, God. We... Yeah, because I... I just wonder, like, what went wrong in those girls' I lives? Because that... I know I, I saw it. Somebody tricked me. And I started, oh. then it's like, I started tricking everybody else. It's like, hey, you got to go see this. You will not believe it when you see it. <laughs> you know, and I got called everything but a child of God after they saw it. So I'm like, hey, <laughs> I got, <laughs> I got tricked. I'm tricking you back. So, yeah, man, I'm like, man, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that was tough. Like, yeah. Have you seen one guy, one jar? Uh, no, not. Okay, so don't go, don't Google that. But this guy, it looks like his laptop is on the floor, and uh, you see a mayonnaise jar, 
and a big one, like the family size BJ's Costco shit. And he squats down onto it and it goes up his butt like he's done this about a hundred times before. And then it shatters inside of his ass. Uh-uh. Yeah. And blood starts, you know, running out, like running out and he's pulling Shard's glass out. And all I could think to myself mm. is like, why wouldn't you use the plastic mayonnaise jar? Why the glass? Why a mayonnaise jar anyway? Oh, see, I'm beyond that point. <laughs> that, that part I get. I'm so used to like people and weird stuff in their butt that that didn't even bother me. It was just like, why the, why the glass jar, dude? Really? Mm, <laughs> That's wow. So now, um, you have a website as well, right? Yes, mistressrage.com. Yeah, because, you know, we got to throw that plug in. Because I'm pretty sure somebody out there is going to be intrigued. Like, let me, let me go yes. look up Mistress Rage and see what's really going on. But, yeah. Yes, and I've got, um, I recently retired from professional sessions, so they can't book a session with me anymore. But I still have pictures up, and I do a podcast. I've got articles that I write and stuff like that. So definitely check that out. The pictures are there. And most of those pictures are from my professional dominatrix time. So they can kind of see what was going on. Okay. Nobody blowing air at my ass or anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was probably probably have to have some uh, laundry therapy after that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe we should explain what laundry therapy is for everybody who doesn't know. (laughs) Or should we make them wait? Well, I mean, if you want to, go ahead. So, laundry therapy is when the two of us, when I lived down in Atlanta, the two of us would get a nice hot pile of clean laundry from the dryer and we would lay on it and tell mad jokes and laugh our asses off and sometimes even drink and it would just be fun and the and we called it laundry therapy and if you haven't tried it it's it feels really nice it's very comfortable i still like the smell of clean laundry as a result of that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know i'm up here in new york now where it snows so sometimes man when you get those towels out of the dryers like oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah you're nice and high like oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's cold as a bitch up here. Oh my god, I didn't know how cold it could get. Holy shit. Any chance you might move back to Atlanta? Um, I was looking at Georgia, but the only problem with that is is um for those who don't know, I'm studying to be a psychologist. And they require you to go to certain kind of schools to be a psychologist in that state. And they don't have any of those kind of schools within six hours of where I live. So unless I could get some kind of waiver or make them change their minds somehow, I probably wouldn't be able to practice there, unfortunately. But I do miss the South. I hate living in New York. Um, Georgia, Georgia is easily my favorite state that I've ever lived in, easily. The people there are awesome. Weather's pretty good. You know, they got 150 different flavors of chicken wings. <laughs> New York doesn't have that. They have hot, medium, and mild here. That's it. But they got a, a hell of a <laughs> list of pizzas. Yeah, but you know what? Here's the thing, though, right? It's really not that great. 
it's it's really not that great. You go to New York City, you can get some amazing pizza, but everywhere else, it's really not that great. It's it's average. I've I've been to states well outside of New York that had pizza that was just as good. Yeah, I know when I was there, um, every restaurant I went into, it's like you know they found out I was from from down here, and they were like, hey, you know we got the best pies up here, kid. You know you got to try this. So it's like, all right, give me. Then I go to another restaurant. I'm like, this is the best pie here. I'm like, nah, I got on the street. You got the best pie. That's garbage. That's trash. That's cardboard. Like, yep. Yeah, okay. Yep. I was like, they do make good cheesecake though. Really? I didn't. I didn't need mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't need any cheesecake when I was in New York. Yeah, it's good. I'll send you some. Wow. Where I live, um, I live close to Buffalo. So for us, there's um. There's buffalo wings, which is hot sauce and butter. It's really not that big of a deal. And um, Rochester has something called a garbage plate, which is basically like two hamburger patties or two hot dogs with some weird meat sauce thing that tastes like it has cinnamon in it. It's kind of gross. Some mac salad and some other shit. It's a bunch of garbage from the kitchen. It's it's a garbage plate. Hmm. It's probably going to give you a heart attack, but it's really famous up here. I'm not a big fan. You know, I lived in New Orleans for a long time, so it's really hard to beat local cuisine when you've lived in New Orleans. I can imagine. But now, I was just sitting there thinking as you were talking about this, how do we go from talking about two chicks <laughs> and a cup <laughs> and now we're talking about <laughs> food <laughs> you know that's a that's a hell of a, a link to make yeah, there that's, too. <laughs> that's, a, that's a jump for your ass <laughs> we, <laughs> we always did that kind of shit yeah <laughs> yeah just... yeah and for those for those of your friends because you were telling me some people don't believe that you know me yes we do know each other we've known each other um like 14 almost 15 years now so yes we do know each other and we know each other really really well absolutely so for all the people that don't believe yeah you were wrong (laughs) (laughs) told you guys i know real dominatrix and not only have we known each other that long like you're one of my closest friends so we know each other really really well it's not some like far-fetched acquaintanceship yeah Cause yeah, we, you know, if we lounged and lounged together, yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't just lounge on a laundry pile with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> now watch the look. It's gonna go. It's gonna skyrocket. Now people are gonna be like, yeah, yeah. I wanna see what this laundry thing is all about. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they do, cause it's fun and it feels great. It's a great way to relax. And it smells nice. Yeah, and it's like. It was truly an accident for me because it's like taking laundry out because I just had a room designated for laundry, clean laundry. And I would take all this stuff out of the dryer stuff and like lay it on the floor. And I sometimes I just be like, just I won't say exhausted, but I just feel like getting up, going to get, you know, more laundry. And I just lay there for a second, like, oh man, this feels good. <laughs> this is this is, is kind of nice. So, uh-huh. I'm like, hey, I discovered something. 
<laughs> yeah, when you first told me about it, I was like, what? What are you talking about? And you were like, just try it. Like, all right, I'll try it. You know, it can't hurt. And I was like, oh, snap. Okay, this is great. <laughs> yeah, see, like, like, just, it's better than a massage almost. Like, wow. So it's like getting into a really comfortable bed and the sheets and blankets are already nice and warm for you. Right. Yep, exactly that. It's like, uh. It's kind of like a hug. It's like getting a nice hug. Yeah, a big bear hug. It's like just comfy <laughs> cozy. Like, you just feel safe. Like, uh, love it. <laughs> That's crazy, man. That's totally crazy. Uh huh. So now everybody knows what we are talking about when we joke about laundry therapy. Yeah, like, <laughs> I tried that once. I hey, it was great. Maybe I should, <laughs> look. Maybe I should start that as a like a business or something. Like have people come lay on freshly dried towels or something. You know, it could be a thing. Yeah, I mean, because if you got people, you know, like looking you up to do the stuff that that they want, like that weird shit. <laughs> Why not lay on the warm laundry? Sure. I should try that as a psychologist. Be like, okay, let's lay in the warm laundry and tell me everything. <laughs> what's going on in your life? <laughs> Maybe I should go ahead and get a get a copyright on that. So when you start to use it, I can get a kickback. <laughs> I think you should try. I wonder if they'd let you do it. That'd be great. Yeah, really. That'd be some, some cool <laughs> shit. <laughs> you get royalties off the laundry. Yeah, hey, absolutely. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I could be the new Warren Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> then you could have a line of towels made just. Yeah, put my stuff next to Martha Stewart. <laughs> just like that. Just like that. Go to Bed Bath and Beyond and get your stuff. Like I know this guy. Yeah. <laughs> have that look. Have that that Nixon face with my fingers up. I am not a crook. <laughs> <laughs> People like, man, I know him. Like, right. <laughs> like that. He he lives locally. Man, I know that guy. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, that'd be great. That's crazy. But um I really appreciate you taking the time out to help me with my um my first interview. Um and hopefully we can, you know, do some more in the in the future. Um Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Yeah, that's that's outstanding. And I mean, it's like, and if you like know anyone that's interested in doing an interview or whatnot, hey, let me know and we'll hook it up. Because I mean, it's like, I can like just talk to several people at the same time. So do like a quote unquote group session. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that'd be awesome. Yeah, I know a few people. I'll definitely put it out there for you. Cool. Once they give me my Twitter back, these fucking assholes at Twitter, like, if I ever wanted to stick a bat up somebody's ass, it's them. These fucking assholes on Twitter. I don't know. They locked my account, and they're giving me two different reasons. So as soon as I can get back on Twitter, fucking dicks, <laughs> then I'll definitely... <laughs> so you're, you're in Twitter jail. 
Yeah. Well, first they said it was like, okay, there's some suspicious activity, which I don't post any funny shit. Nobody has my password, you know. And they were like, okay, so log in, which I did. And they were like, we just need to make sure it's you. Like, bitch, I just logged in. The fuck? So... (laughs) Um, they were like, okay, well, we want to send a code to your phone, but I have my old phone number on my Twitter account, uh, so obviously it can't be Yeah. Okay. Right. And then, so I contacted customer service, and they gave me some bullshit form letter, and they were like, you have suspicious auto-posting activity. Like, no the fuck I don't. What are you talking about? And they gave me some directions on how to sign in and do something that that's not accurate because I still have to have that stupid code so whenever some dickhead from Twitter gets back to me then I can get on there and tell everybody to come talk to you about your podcast because it's awesome I love the one you did about the guns I thought the homeowner got justice by shooting the assholes who tried to rob him so good for that guy right yep and I'm now New York we don't have um, any stand your ground laws. So if somebody breaks in my house in New York, I have to try to get away before I could, like, they could be standing in my bedroom. I got to try to get away. Now, I heard that if you're on the second floor of your house, you know, getting away means jumping out the window. They don't expect you to do that. You can shoot somebody in that case. But if you're on the ground floor of your house, you're supposed to try to get away and escape. And if they're running away from you, you can't shoot them, even if they're still in your house. So, like, I don't know, we're supposed to get raped first. I, I don't know. It, it's ridiculous up here. Yeah, I heard you guys got some pretty strict gun laws and stuff, too, so. Yeah, uh-huh. like, really. Handguns? Holy shit. You have to go through so much to get them. But, I mean, you can just go to the store and get a shotgun. So, I was like, wait a minute. So, I have to spend, like, $500 to get this pistol permit, wait a year, have a bunch of references, blah, blah, blah. Or I can just give this gun to the police department and go buy 14 shotguns. <laughs> so guess where I was that day? Now I have a whole bunch of long rifles. <laughs> so now instead of me just shooting someone in the leg if they break into my house, well now you're going to get a 410 with a slug and I'm going to saw you in half after I tell you three times to get out and you don't. Right. <laughs> And I don't run fast, so they better try to leave because I don't run fast, and so you're probably gonna get shot. <laughs> <laughs> just a just a heads up. Yeah, my house is not the one to come to. Yeah, you're to. probably gonna end up getting shot, so just let you know. Yeah, and you know I train in kickboxing, so if I can't legally shoot you, then I'm probably just gonna rip your jaw from the bottom half of your face. Mm. So, whatever, don't break in here. Or, you know, I'll just put you in the cage and sell you to people for a couple years. Yeah, put them in a cage and put the pig mask on them. <laughs> Play the banjos from Deliverance and be like, boy. Uh, squeal like a pig. Squeal like a pig. You ain't right. You're going to put some work in, son. <laughs> That's, go ahead. Look, go ahead with friends. <laughs> Well, you're a Marine, so I can only imagine what you've been trained to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, just get yourself a cage and just sell them, you know. <laughs> yeah, don't give me no, I give can me hook no you idea. Up with, 
Well, I'm telling you, there's that guy. He wants to blow air people's butt. Well, it won't be mine. <laughs> That's why you got the guy in the cage. Ah. Uh, Back I'm up. Really like thinking, I'm really like thinking about that dude. <laughs> Me neither. Mm. That was probably like legit 20. No, nah, that was like 15 years ago, and I still laugh about that. Like, I will never forget that guy. But you know the bad part about it? Somebody let him do it. Oh, I know. I know that for a fact that two people that you saw before me let him do it. So, for the ones (laughs) that allowed him to do so, do they fall into that category as not a true dog? Um, yeah. Yes. Technically, yes. And what was sad is the the one girl definitely was more of a hooker than anything else. So, whatever. I expect that from her. The other one was a really famous dominatrix who never used to let people do that. But what happens with a lot of these girls is, is they're young, they're hot, they make a shit ton of money, but then they don't go get an education or buy a home or buy a business. So, you know, when she's like 57 and looking rough around the edges, they have to start doing stuff that they wouldn't normally do to make ends meet. And I think that's where she was. And that's that's still prostitution on under state law in every state that counts as prostitution so yes she was a prostitute and it's sad though because she used to be one of the most famous and best dominatrixes of her time she just didn't get out of it soon enough Mm. well that's bad yeah I see it happen to a lot of people so I mean that's why I'm in college because you're either going to get burnt out of this and it, and it used to be a lot of fun you used to get these people they put you on a pedestal you were a goddess they were very cool very respectful and over time and i blame the internet for a lot of this and pornography as well because porn doesn't show real domination it shows kinky sex right. under the guise of domination right. um and it's and it's good they're hot movies it's sexy but it's different than what the professional dominatrix should be doing so what the clientele has asked for over the years has changed and then on top of that nobody's teaching women this is what it really means to be a dominatrix so they're also seeing these same movies they're looking at the hookers with whips and they're thinking oh this is how it's done so there's a lot of misinformation spread and it's it's sad because it used to be it used to be amazing um I never got a guy that was like, well, I want you to do this, and then you do this, and then you say this, and you wear this. That would have been like, did you lose your fucking mind? And now that's a regular part of it, and the girls who don't know any better, or who are so hungry for money, they'll do anything. They let these dickheads get away with that, and so it has changed the entire profession. And there are very few real dominatrixes left. It's kind of sad. Hmm. Now, are you like self-taught? Because that's that's something I, I didn't I didn't ask you earlier. It's like, you know, did you go through all this on your own, or there was somebody there like get a I call it to say a mentor to show you the way, um, you know, to be a true and proper dominatrix. That's a great question and one that I'm not asked often. I started before I started doing it for a living. I did it for fun for a couple of years. 
and I had never seen any kink movies because back then you couldn't sell those you get arrested and I never had read any of the magazines so I was just like okay well let's take the idea of a slave and the owner of a slave along with the idea of sadism and masochism and go with that and um after after I'd been doing it for a while and I started reading those magazines I was like hey I'm a natural at this shit I'm like I read this story that it could have been written about me and the things that I did when I wanted to do it professionally I tried to find other ladies in my area because I knew that there was a difference between doing it professionally like where do you even get clients for that um I didn't know how to do it professionally, so what I did is I looked in the back of one of these local entertainment magazines, and I started calling up dominatrixes, and uh, they were rude, they were not helpful, um, one sounded like a man, I was like, I don't even know if this is a real lady, <laughs> so this sounded like, like a guy trying to trick people into coming over, I don't even know. And as much as I looked for a mentor in my area, I couldn't find any. Mm. So what I did, I knew how to spank, I knew how to tie people up, and I didn't know the fancy, like, suspend them from the ceiling stuff, but foot fetish is easy enough. Simple bondage, spanking, ordering people around, using the whips, all of that was easy enough to do. So I started with the things that I knew I could do. And then what I did is um, AOL was just kicking. So I would look at these other girls' pictures and websites and go, oh, hmm, that's an interesting fetish. Never thought of that before. Mm -hmm. And I would talk to my clients and say, well, you know, why do you do this? What is it about this that kind of gets you going? So I kind of delved into the psychology of it. And they would tell me about other fetishes and fantasies they had that it was like, huh, in your next session, let's try that. I want you to teach me about that. And it was pretty, for the most part, it was pretty self-explanatory. But no, as much as I wanted a mentor, those bitches did not want any competition. So kind of to spite them almost, I became so good at it. And I had a better dungeon than anyone in the area. And I actually put a couple of people out of business, not on purpose, but just because I became, I had to become good at it because I didn't have anyone to help me. And um, so I'm kind of glad for that because sometimes when you're taught something, you're inadvertently taught to think inside the box. I didn't have a box. So I became, and because I started with very limited funds for equipment, I had to be really creative with the little equipment that I had. And I think that made me better at it than most. And also, I'm naturally very intelligent. Um, I don't have a problem exerting control over people. I understand and read people very well, hence psychology. So part of it was natural and part of it was just self-taught. But nope, nobody gets any credit for helping me. Fucking bitch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, then. But in turn, in turn, because of that, when girls came to me and wanted to learn, as long as I didn't detect any like, oh, this bitch is crazy. She's going to hurt somebody. I took them under my wing. I let them work for me. Let them use my dungeon and have the safety and experience. So I was always, I tried to be cool with other girls who were coming into it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
Okay. So possibly if you ever get out of the business, you become, um, say, a teacher maybe? Probably not because that's what I'm doing right now. So with my podcasts and my articles, some are made for submissives, some are done for current, currently operating dominatrixes, some are done for new people. So that's kind of where I'm at now. I don't see anybody in person because I'm just too busy. Um, but when I get out of this to be a psychologist, I will, I'll deal with this in terms of sex therapy, but I won't be training or teaching BDSM anymore. I might do like lectures or podcasts on the topic from a psychological perspective, but I won't do it how I'm doing it now. I'll probably be out of the community um, permanently at that point. And that's only because um, the, the, the things that I want to focus on as a psychologist don't really have a lot to do with BDSM. There will be a slight crossover, so in that respect, I'll address it, but I'm going way on to other things. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, um... So if anybody has questions now, like, um, if somebody's thinking of going into it just for fun or as a profession, um, I get a lot of letters from submissive guys saying like, hey, um, this chick wants to do this, this, and this to me. Is that normal? Is it safe? Is it okay? So if people, um... If people want to read an article or suggest an article or podcast topic, if they want to ask a quick question, I also have a phone line there on mistressrage.com. So if they need advice or want to ask questions, they're definitely welcome to contact me any of the ways through my website. Cool. We'll make sure that happens. All right. But I, um, like I said, I appreciate your time. I'm not going to keep you up all night. Um, this was an awesome interview. Um, like I said, we got to do this again. Um, hopefully soon. And you know, like Definitely. I said, if you know anyone out there that, you know, listen to this and like are interested in, you know, doing it with me or whatever, please let me know. Um, we'll make it happen. Awesome. Awesome. Will do. Thank you so much for yes, having me. Now, all right. You take care. Um, stay in touch and um, keep listening. Always. All Thank right. you. Take care. Good night. You too. All Good right, folks.